what is up guys we are back this is a podcast filled weekend apparently so yeah i wanted to do a podcast just talking about every player on the team uh again just part of some finality to top uh to cap off the season so uh, i'm just gonna get right into it just because the last episode i ended up going on for like 30 minutes about news and Jimmy trade stuff. So now we're just going to talk about everyone on the team and, uh, all that kind of stuff. So what I'm going to do is I am going to hop on the 49ers roster. I'm just going to go through everyone and we're going to talk about, you know, so we're going to start on offense and let's just go off. And by the way, um, if you're enjoying this, please like, subscribe, comment, follow me on Twitter, say hi on Twitter, give me a shout out. Uh, I know this isn't the biggest podcast. I think I'm getting like 15 to 20 downloads, which isn't a lot, but it'd be really cool to actually, uh, you know, actually see that, see some feedback. I appreciate it. And I appreciate you for listening. Um, and one of the things that we are going to be doing here as we look at every single player on this team is also thinking, how does this line up with next year? You know, so we got our team now, there's going to be a lot of changes between now and next season. I think we have roughly 40 free agents. Uh, Jimmy is going to be gone. We're going to have Trey Lance. I think we only have, two, I think we only have three receivers, uh, under contract. Um, so a lot of it is going to be the, the reason why I want to do this is for evaluation. Um, you know, not just how did players perform and kind of finalize the season, but who, who do we want to keep around and who's, who's stock is up, stock is down, so to speak. So let's dive into it. We're going to start off with, uh, Mr. Jimmy garoppolo james richard garoppolo himself um jimmy had a solid season he had a solid season um i don't want to say it was a great season because it wasn't um but it was a solid jimmy season Uh, i'm looking at his stats here jimmy had 3800 passing yards he completed 68 percent of his passes 20 touchdowns 12 interceptions um you know, the, the team went to an NFC championship despite the fact that his stats are pretty mediocre. And, you know, J- Jimmy is... Jimmy's a game manager with elite leadership skills, I think is the best way to put it. Like, Jimmy, as far as, like, quarterback on the field... He's an average quarterback. Uh, I think it's the intangibles that Jimmy has that are elite. I think he does have elite intangibles. Um, I just think that his actual like play on the field is average. Uh, so Jimmy had a solid average season. I will say that I think Jimmy played well enough uh, to raise his trade value. So that's why I was saying in the last episode, I think realistically we can expect a day two pick, you know, a second rounder, third rounder. And as we get into the draft, there's a lot of guys that I like in that second and third round area that I think would be good fits with the team at positions of need, whether you're looking at, um, you know, offensive line, defensive line, corners, safeties, uh, you know, again, we're going to go, we're going to go through everything, but you know, getting an extra second or third round pick this draft, I think would be huge. And there's a lot of guys that I like as far as that fit our needs. Uh, so yeah, Jimmy Garoppolo, I would give Jimmy, uh, a Jimmy B, you know, <laughs> if, if we're grading Jimmy on a scale of, uh, you know, quarterbacks in the NFL, I would probably say that he was, you know, again, in that 15 to 20 range, um, and it's, it's really hard to pay a guy $25 million to be average. Um, but that's what he was. He was, and that's the reason we're moving on. He's 30 years old. He hasn't improved. Um, but he was, he was, 
he was he had a Jimmy season, uh, and he only missed he only missed two games. So props to Jimmy for staying mostly healthy and again gutting it out. Uh, I, I think he definitely upped his trade value, and he's going to be remembered fondly. Um, but yeah, that's Jimmy. We won't spend too much time on Jimmy. Next quarterback, Trey Lance. So we didn't really have a chance to see a lot of Trey Lance this season. Basically, what we saw was two and a half games. Uh, You know, he had a couple snaps here, a couple snaps there early on in the season. And then they basically gave up on the whole, you know, two QB system or Trey's the red zone guy. Um, But he did have two and a half starts. You know, he had the first touchdown of the season where he had a quick touchdown pass um, against the Lions to Sherfield. He ran in a touchdown against Green Bay. But when Jimmy got hurt against the Seahawks, Trey came in, played the entire second half. Uh, it wasn't great, but at the same time, you know, what What can you, what do you expect out of a 21-year-old kid who didn't think he was going to be starting? You know, like, he, he wasn't getting first-team reps. Uh, in his... I did really like, uh, I, I liked what I saw from him in that Seattle game in the sense of it, it's been so long since I've watched it, but I did like that he was willing to take shots. I liked how aggressive he was, how mobile he was again, only completed like 50% of his passes, but he completed, he made big plays. You know, there was that one drive near the end of the game where he converted like multiple third and longs, fourth and longs. I think he had like a fourth and 13 and he ran and uh, converted it. So I really liked some of the stuff that he throwed that, uh, that he did in that, uh, that second half of that Seahawks game. Um, even if it wasn't the best from like a passing standpoint against the Cardinals, same kind of thing. There was a lot of stuff that I really liked there were some things that he needed to work on, but we had a chance to win that game. Um, and I remember that was just early on in the season at the same time, like the whole team was just playing terribly. Like if you remember, like the offensive line was getting penalized and there was a penalty here and then they were backed up and then it was like third and long and then he converted it and then there was another penalty. So it was like third and longer. I think there was one drive where I think they moved like 15 yards on the field, but they had gained like 50 yards or something because there was like 30 yards and penalties. Um, so the offense didn't really help Trey in that Arizona game. Um, but you saw the flashes and again, it it wasn't, it wasn't a great performance overall, but you saw the flashes. You saw the athleticism, you saw the arm talent, um, And I think it was good just to get him that NFL experience. And he was also going up against like arguably the best team in the NFL at that time. I think the Cardinals started the season off like 10 and 0 or something like they were on a tear. So going up against them, you know, when they were five and 0 or four and 0 or whatever, it was, it was a tall task. Um, And then that was pretty much all that we saw of Trey for a while. Uh, Now Shanahan admitted later, that if it wasn't for Trey's knee injury against the Cardinals, uh, he might've started that Indianapolis game. And he also said that if the team at three and five, um, you know, hadn't turned their season around, it was about to the point of putting Trey in. So because we were three and five and then remember we rattled off, I think three wins in a row after that with Jimmy, um, and that was at the point where it's like, we're rolling with Jimmy. We're winning. We've fixed our mistakes. That was when the season really turned around was after that three and five. Um, but if they hadn't turned things around it, Shanahan admitted he was pretty close to uh, just saying like, Trey, take the reins from here on. So then we didn't really see anything of Trey. Now that was until the Houston game and the Houston game, I thought Trey played really well. He did have one or two passes that weren't really all that great. But overall, I think he played a very good game. And the other thing that I really like was that he showed a very big improvement from the Cardinals start 
to the Houston game. And I know Houston is like terrible, but remember the week before they had destroyed the Chargers. But, and it is a legit NFL team, but Trey had a really good game. I think he put up like 250 plus passing yards. Uh, he had some big passes and you saw what he was doing as far as stretching the field and hitting everywhere on the field. Um, I really liked what I saw from Trey against the Texans. Um, not only do I think that he had a good performance, I'm glad that he got two and a half games worth of reps and two and a half games of experience against actual NFL teams this year. I think that was good for his development and just, I I saw a lot that I really liked and I thought he had a really good game against the Texans. It really excites me. I'm really excited to see what Trey Lance does next, does next season. Um, I liked that he wasn't just, they weren't trying to like run him constantly on QB powers like they were against the Cardinals, Um, but they were passing and they were, they were taking shots. And what I really like about the way that Trey plays is that Trey Lance, he is aggressive in terms of he wants to make a play, but he's also conservative in the sense that he doesn't try and force passes. Um, I really like him as a prospect. The more and more that I watch, the more excited I get about Trey. Um, so what I mean by this is Jimmy's thing is Jimmy pretty much just throws over the middle. Trey throws everywhere. You were seeing him throw out routes, like 10 yard outs, 15 yard outs. You were seeing him throw like deep crossing routes, deep dig routes. You know, he was hitting guys on 15 yard digs, 30 yard posts. Uh, You saw him hit like that crazy one where just like Kittle went up the seam and he layered it over the linebacker and made it to where only Kittle could get it. Um, I really like Trey's mobility. I like how he has, I, he needs to work on his footwork. He needs to work on some mechanics and obviously some accuracy stuff, but I do really like how he moves around the pocket. He does seem to have a really good feel of how the pocket, when it like breaks down and, you know, move this way, move that way, avoid the rush, scramble out when you need to. But the thing I really like about that on top of that is that when he does scramble out when he needs to, he doesn't freak out and make bad decisions. Like he still makes good decisions and looks to throw the ball when he does have to improvise, break the pocket and scramble a little bit. It's not just break the pocket and try and run and get a first down. It's, oh, guys coming at me from the left, juke him a little bit in the pocket, move to the right. Oh, the pocket's breaking down over here. I can scramble out this way. Let me run to, let me run off to the right, run off to the right. Look, 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 there's a guy hit him, you know, for like a 20 yard dig or, uh, you know, like something where there's a scramble drill. So I really like a lot of what I saw from Trey. I know it wasn't very much, um, but I'm going to be watching a lot of, uh, that Houston game this off season. Um, I guarantee that there will probably be a couple episodes that we do, uh, between now and when we get some like preseason game film where I'm going to be watching, you know, all 22 and probably do some like split screen video where I break down all 22 on, on the YouTube channel, which is going to be coming up soon. I'm uh, still, I think I'm going to put together a YouTube channel so I can do some like film breakdowns, draft prospects, our players. Um, but I'm definitely going to be watching that Houston game multiple times. Cause I liked a lot of it. And, uh, I'm really excited about Trey. Uh, Trey ended up having 600 passing yards this season in two and a half games, which is not bad. Uh, only a 58% completion percentage, which isn't great, but keep in mind, he only completed about 50% of his passes against the Seahawks and only about 52% against the Cardinals. If I remember correctly, I think he completed in the high sixties against the Texans. So that's what I'm saying is you saw a big improvement and jump in his play between Seahawks Cardinals and a month and a half later. Um, We really don't know what's going on in terms of development for Trey. 
uh, in the kind of behind the scenes, but here's what, here's what I think they've been working on the season. And this is just, just kind of me guessing based off of what we've heard from like the coaches, the staff, the players and whatnot. Um, so Trey had a chance to basically sit and watch this year, you know, sit behind a veteran, learn, watch and go through an entire NFL season. Now, just the transition from college to NFL is a huge transition in just level of competition, lifestyle, everything. So learning what those kind of habits are, um, you know, you're a 21 year old kid, like learning those habits, learning what it's like to show up, uh, work with Kyle Shanahan. He got a chance to work with Kyle Shanahan for an entire season. He got a chance to learn and absorb and digest the offense for an entire season. He got a chance to see the highs and lows of coaching in an NFL season. He got a chance to see a team go through turmoil, rally, make adjustments, and get to an NFC championship. He got a chance to see all this firsthand. At the same time, he got two and a half games worth of experience where he got to play. He got to play two and a half games. So that's some solid experience to build on. Uh, he also got a chance to do, while he didn't get first team reps, he did have a chance to do scout team basically the entire season. Now, why that matters a lot in terms of his development is what he was doing on scout team was emulating different types of quarterbacks who the Niners were playing and he was playing against our starting defense. So that means every week Trey would be challenged to, Hey, we need you to play. Um, we need you to, we need you to be Russell Wilson this week and play against our starting defense. Cool. So what does he like to do? All right. Well, I'm going to practice, you know, running around, throwing deep balls. All right. Next game. Uh, this game, you are going to be Kirk cousins. Cool. So now I'm standing in the pocket and I'm just a pocket passing quarterback. Cool. Now you're going to be Aaron Rodgers. So now I got to emulate Aaron Rodgers, And I think that it's so good that he got a chance to, he was basically like challenged and forced in the best way to, to practice playing quarterback different styles against our starting defense. And I think that that is extremely valuable experience. Like not only are you practicing against, you know, a top 10, top five defense every week, but you're also being forced to get outside your comfort zone and play different styles of quarterback. So I think that's a very, very big, big positive just from a, uh, from a development point. And, you know, again, like I, I don't know everything behind the scenes, but I do feel like, I think they did it right. You know, I, I think that they managed to do this right where, you know, Trey got some experience. He got a chance to watch a team, like learn what it's like to be in the NFL, compete against NFL players, uh, learn from NFL coaches, uh, learn and understand the offense. And uh, I'm really excited to see what Trey looks like next season. So anyways, that's quarterbacks, uh, Sudfeld. We didn't see him. Who knows what's up with that? Cool. Uh, I'm going to try and get through the rest of these players a little bit quicker. Um, just, you know, just cause don't want to spend too much time on everybody, but I think it's worth it to talk, uh, to talk that much about Trey's development because next season it is the Trey era. And, uh, I'm so excited to see it. Um, I heard, I heard some people say that he kind of like their, their comp for him where like if Trey hits his full potential, he's kind of like a blend between a Deshaun Watson and a Josh Allen. And holy shit, if we get a, a blend of Deshaun Watson and Josh Allen, like we're fucking set. Like we made an NFC championship with 
Jimmy Average Garoppolo. So really excited for the future. Really excited to have an extra $20 million in cap. And uh, with how good this team was this year, I also think that Trey learned a lot from Jimmy. Not necessarily X's and O's, but leadership. Just, again, every single person on this team loves Jimmy to death. And I think that Trey seeing how that works, I think that's really going to help him out in terms of his, uh, how much his teammates like him. And I think the way that he handled himself throughout the process also is very good. Cool. Let's talk about running backs. Uh, Elijah Mitchell. Love this guy. And uh, I'm fucking pumped because I'm going to meet Elijah Mitchell in Vegas at the 49ers rush uh, draft party. Some stoked. Elijah Mitchell finished the season. Uh, this is just regular season stats, but 963 yards, five touchdowns, 4.7 yards per attempt. Elijah Mitchell's the real deal. Um, I really like him. I, I really like him. I think, I think we have a quality starting running back and I don't know what next year's running back room is going to look like, but I really like Elijah Mitchell and the dude's a stud. He didn't have a single funnel. He improved on his rushing. Uh, or I mean, he, he developed as a runner. He runs hard. He's got good speed. He doesn't have great speed. I remember he tested with like a, like a, uh, mid four, three, uh, he really doesn't play to that speed. I think he's more of a mid four, four kind of runner, but with how much power he runs and, uh, like he has, he has pretty good vision. And I think his vision continued to approve. I really like Mitchell. I think he had a really good season and, uh, can't wait to see him next year. Uh, Jeff Wilson jr. He played a couple games. He ended up finishing the season with just under 300, um, Rushing yards, uh, 3.7 yards per attempt. Not great. Two touchdowns. Jeff Wilson kind of is what he is. He's I uh, I don't know if he's going to be here next year. I think it's a contract year. I like Jeff Wilson. He's okay. Um, but I also think he's replaceable. Um, you know, like awesome dude, but, uh, just okay. Running back just runs really hard, but He's never the guy that's going to get you a whole lot of explosive runs. His longest run was 17 yards and he averaged less than four yards a carry. So, you know, it is what it is. He, he, he gets those tough yards though. Uh, Debo Samuel, I'm not going to count him as running backs. We'll get to, we'll get to receivers. Um, cool. So next running back is Trey Sermon. Um, I really don't know what to think of Trey Sermon this season. Uh, I really didn't like the draft pick, especially trading up to draft him. Um, if you watched his game, Ohio against, I think it was Northern Illinois, or I think he, he had an incredible game. So I, if you watched that game, I could see why you'd draft him. He only, But here's the thing, though, is that he somehow they just really didn't like um, they just, they really didn't want him out there. I don't know if it was like a fumble thing. I don't know if he just wasn't in shape. I don't know if he just, he didn't like learn how to, you know, run in the like proper way that they want him to run. I thought he had, I thought he had one solid game. Uh, the game, uh, what was it? Um, what was the game that he started? I think it was Green Bay. Uh, it was I think it was Green Bay or and the Seahawks. I think of the two games that he played the most in. Um, but he basically only played in like effectively two games. Uh, 167 yards, uh, 41 rushes, 167 yards, four yards per attempt, one touchdown. Um, yeah, I don't know. And then he was like dealing with injuries. But Elijah Mitchell was so good. Um, yeah, just really don't know. Just kind of weird. Um, either way though, is what it is. Uh, what I will say is that I think Trey Sermon, I think he'll be significantly better next year. 
I do think that he'll be better next year, especially since we have him under contract. Again, like rookies, you got him on a rookie contract. You figure they're going to be here for three or four years unless they just totally fall through because those rookie contracts are so cheap. Like at the very least, you know, you're going to have him for three or four years. So um, I, I expect Trey Sermon to be better next year. I think Elijah Mitchell's the guy. Uh, they might bring back Raheem Mostert. Uh, Raheem Mostert's not listed here. Um, let me see here. I'll see if I can actually pull up the RB list. Um, so Raheem Mostert wasn't actually uh, listed here, but, you know, he may be back. He's a free agent, but he had like one carry this season. So, you know, what you can do. Uh, let me see here. Uh, so that was Trey Sermon. Uh, again, just kind of hoping for more from next year. He's a different kind of runner. He's more of, I just didn't understand because he's an inside zone runner that has good contact balance and vision. He's not an outside zone runner with uh, that's a one cut speed guy. So just different style of running back. Elijah Mitchell was an ideal fit, which is why I loved him as a day three prospect. Trey Sermon is more of like a, you know, inside zone gap power kind of running back. So just didn't really make sense. Um, hopefully he's better next year. Uh, Jamichael Hasty didn't have a huge season rushing. Um, I like Jamichael. He was, you know, he was our third down back. He had 16 carries for 68 yards on the season. Uh, you know, 4.3 yards per attempt. Solid. Um, he's elusive. I like that he uh, got rid of the fumbleitis early on in the season. Um, so, yeah. And then we also had Trenton Cannon. Um, I don't expect, I don't know if we'll have Trenton Cannon back. I think Trenton Cannon is a, a good special teamer uh, in terms of, uh, he's a good returner and a good gunner. Uh, I don't know if that's enough to bring him back for next year. Um, you know, like he's, that's kind of where he is. He's he's going to be the number four running back, which is basically a special teams guy and an emergency running back. And then, like I mentioned, Raheem Mostert, uh, he made it through two runs before he effed up his knee and had to get season-ending surgery. So we'll see what happens with Raheem Mostert. If uh, the team wants to bring him back for super cheap, I'm open for that. If Raheem wants more than, you know, basically a vet minimum, I, I don't really... I don't know if you want to do that. We just have other needs than uh, a running back. Although Raheem is so explosive. If we did have him, if we do get him back next year for gosh, I don't know what our cap situation is going to be, but less than $2 million. If we get Raheem back for like, I would say 1.5 with incentives. I think that's like like a little more than the vet minimum. Um, I'd say bring him back because he has explosive speed. It's just an injury issue. Um, but yeah, we'll see. Cool. Let's get to our receivers, uh, control F and wide receiver. Awesome. So let's go through these guys. Uh, we got to start off with the man himself, Debo motherfucking Samuel. Pro Bowler, dude, Debo had himself a legendary record season, just incredible season, uh, regular season, 1400 receiving yards, six receiving touchdowns. Add on top of that, Debo had 365 rushing yards with another eight touchdowns. Um, I think if you combine all all of his yards, including the postseason, he had nearly oh, nearly 1,600 receiving yards and 500 rushing yards. Debo had over 2,000 scrimmage yards this season. 1,400 receiving yards, 2,000 total yards. I think 14 touchdowns. If you count the postseason, like Debo season was incredible. Made the Pro Bowl. Um, yeah, just Debo was so fucking good this year. Gosh. Um, yeah, I mean, I think that they're gonna break the bank open for him, and I love to see it. And I'm so excited. I'm gonna frame my signed Debo Samuel jersey. Uh, I'm still deciding what I'm gonna do with it, but I think I'm gonna get the jersey framed. And then I'm going to get like a photo of Debo and then maybe like, uh, like a, 
like something with like his stats. Uh, I just think that'd be really cool just because it, it was a special season for Debo. All right. Next up on the receivers, Brandon, Ayuk. um, Ayuk started out really slow. He was in the doghouse and then he really turned it up. Uh, I think Ayuk was really good the second half of the season. He ended up finishing the season with over 800 receiving yards and five touchdowns. Um, you got to love that. 56 receptions, nearly 15 yards per catch. Um, I really like what I saw from Ayuk. Um, Ayuk, where Debo is basically like an elite running back that's a really, really good receiver. Like Debo is a really good receiver who's an elite running back with the ball in his hands. Ayuk is much more of a um lengthy separating route runner. So if you need somebody to like beat man coverage, Ayuk can make people like he can break ankles on his route cuts. And I think we saw that against the Cowboys where he, he he basically made Trayvon Diggs nearly fall over with that vicious route cut. It was a shame that Jimmy missed him because he was open by like 15 yards. And um, I, it did seem that Trey Lance and Iuke had a really good chemistry. And I think that the area that Iuke, where Iuke's best skill set is, I think is going to be, uh, I think it's going to be a really good fit for Trey. And Iuke said that he was going to work with Trey this offseason. So I could see Iuke next season having like 1,200 plus yards. Uh, because with how good he came on the second half of this season and then the chemistry that he has seems to have with Trey, um, how good he is at creating separation on routes. He's a really good intermediate and deep guy. He's got those really long arms. So I really like how he can, uh, just like, you know, like out, outreach guys with his length. I think he's going to be really good. I think he's going to be really, and he, he, he's at his best outside the numbers and on like intermediate and deep routes. Uh, I mean, like you can put Ayuk on like slants and stuff, but I think Debo is Debo's not as good of a route runner as Ayuk, uh, but he's a, he's a much more explosive weapon. If that makes sense. Like Debo is an explosive playmaking weapon. Ayuk is going to get wide open and snag the ball out of the air. I really like the way that he reaches out and plucks ball out of the plucks the ball out of the air. And his agility and athleticism is incredible. Um, you know, for a guy that's six foot two hundred pounds, he snags balls out of the air that you would think you would need like a six three, six four receiver to go get. So um, I really liked what I saw from the second half of the season with Ayuk, and I think that Ayuk is going to really blossom next year with Trey Lance. And I think that whatever shit Ayuk was dealing with early on in the season, I think he got his head right and working with the coaches and everything. I think I think next year is going to be a big season for Ayuk. Again, I could totally see Ayuk having 12, 1300 plus yards next season. Uh, next up on our receivers is Travis Benjamin. Um, I am not really the biggest Travis Benjamin fan. I thought he was an okay returner on the team. Uh, I, I just really didn't like seeing him out there ever. Like, why is he out there? He's a deep threat speed guy. But at the same time, like we never throw deep routes and he's so small, like he's 5'10", 170. So he's not very good at blocking. And I just, I didn't think Travis Benjamin was good. I don't think he's back next season. I don't really want him back next season. Uh, I don't think he's, I don't think he's good enough to make this roster. I hope that we have a better roster than us ever needing to put Travis Benjamin on the field next season. Um, again, you know, like he's still fairly fast, but I mean, just like he's so small and drop balls and penalties and just, he wasn't that good. Um, and if you're, if your calling card is that you're, a, you're an okay returner and a not good deep threat, I just don't think that's good enough to, 
you know, like warrant a spot. Uh, next up, Juwan Jennings. Really liked this season from Juwan Jennings. Uh, Juwan Jennings, he turned into just, uh, he turned into like Kendrick Bourne plus. Like just not a ton of, not a ton from him. You know, he had 24 receptions, 280 yards. Uh, but again, five touchdowns. He converted like tons of third downs. He got first downs, physical guy, hard to bring down, mean blocker. And I mean, when you're 6'3", 215 and you want to like, you want to be physical. I love it. I really like him. Uh, I think he's under contract next season, uh, or at least he's a restricted free agent. I don't remember exactly because he was technically practice squad last year, which means that his rookie contract doesn't count. Uh, but I think he's going to be on the team next year. And I really like him as just a, a, a slot, like a big slot, like a power, kind of like, I, I, I don't know if that's the right term, but like a power slot, you know, just like a big physical guy that's like, you know, beat up on slot corners, beat up on safeties in the run game. Uh, and then he can also just, you know, go up and get those, you know, 50, 50 balls, good red zone target. He's not a burner. You know, he only runs like a four, seven, but all the other stuff that he brings, I really like it. Um, yeah, I really like it. I, I like what he brings and, uh, I'm excited to see him next year. Uh, again, like not perfect. He, he had the dropsies a few times, but Overall, I really liked what I saw from Jawan Jennings, and uh, he stepped up when Sanu got hurt, which brings us to Sanu. Uh, Sanu was, he was okay. I think that, uh, I think Jawan Jennings developed into what we kind of hoped Sanu would be, meaning, you know, that kind of power slot, but I just think Sanu is near the end of his career. He was injured late on in the season when Jawan Jennings stepped up and fulfilled that role. And I think honestly, like played that role way better. I mean, what did Sanu have on the season? Like 170 yards total on 15 catches. Uh, I mean, Jawan Jennings had, I mean, and he had zero touch. So Jawan Jennings had, 10 more, let's see here, nine more catches, 110 more yards, the same yards per catch and five touchdowns to zero. So I don't think Sanu's going to be here. I, I think it is, it was, it's always good to have a veteran wide receiver in the room when you have so much young talent, you know, you have like a year two Debo, uh, you have a, a rookie IUK. you know, it, it makes sense to bring in a veteran. But now it's like, you know, Debo's heading into year four. Ayuk is going into year three. Juwan Jennings has had, you know, a a year on the practice squad and a year on the team. Uh, I just don't think it makes sense to have, you know, a, a 33, 34-year-old possession receiver or a 33-year-old speed receiver. I just don't think it makes sense. So Sanu, I think, was probably... Uh, I think Sanu is probably better in the wide receiver room than he was on the field. Um, yeah. And then rounding it out, Trent Sherfield. Uh, Sherfield, you know, it's kind of funny. Trent Sherfield was the guy that got like all the preseason hype. And then he only had a couple plays. Uh, he had nine catches, 87 yards and a touchdown. His touchdown was the first touchdown of the season. Lance to him, like first quarter against the Lions. Um, yeah, I don't know. I, I expected more from Sherfield, but at the same time, like, should I have, um, good special teamer. So yeah, we'll see. I mean, again, same thing. Like if we want to bring him back on like another similar kind of like low cost vet minimum, you know, Hey, you're a special teamer and you know, you'll catch 10 catches for us next season. Cool. Um, athletically he's an athlete you know he's 6 1 210 he runs a sub 4 5 uh i just i don't think that he's a good enough receiver uh to crack uh that top 3 um but he does have the speed that if uh say next season we have Ayuk Debo uh Jennings and Sherfield 
Uh, I could, I wouldn't hate Sherfield being a number four receiver. You know, like if he's like your, your speed guy that you use on clear out routes, I don't hate it. Anyways, um, let's go to what's the next position group. Uh, let's go, let's go tight ends sticking with the offense. So tight ends Kittle. We know Kittle. He's amazing. 900 receiving yards. He blocks, he catches touchdowns. He's amazing. George Kittle, the man, the myth, the legend pro bowler. So fucking great. 900 receiving yards, 71 catches, uh, along of 48 and six touchdowns. In addition to being the best blocking tight end in the NFL, matching up with defensive ends and linebackers, excuse me, linebackers every game. George Kittle's amazing. He's one of my favorite players. I wear his Jersey. Every time I go to the game, George fucking Kittle people. <sighs> Damn. I love George Kittle. Anyways. Uh, yeah. The other tight ends, um, Ross Dwelly and Charlie Warner. So what was interesting is Ross Dwelly's kind of been the number two for the last couple of years, but Charlie Warner definitely took over that role this season. I think Ross Dwelly is, uh, I think he's a below average athlete for a tight end. Uh, he's a, he's a good route runner. Uh, like he somehow manages to get open. Uh, he's a solid route runner, uh, shifty in short spaces, good hands. Uh, but that's kind of it. He's not really good blocker. Um, Charlie Warner, on the other hand, this was his second season, much better blocker. He definitely is a better athlete than Dwelly. Not quite the route runner, but Warner definitely developed from a receiving standpoint. He had five catches for 50 yards. Um, you know, uh, oh, that's crazy. Dwelly had four for 50. Hmm. How about that? Um, but yeah, Charlie Warner, you know, I mean, your tight end too is mostly just in for blocking and Charlie Warner is a significant, was a significantly, here's the thing. Charlie Warner is a much better blocker than Dwelly. And while he's not as good of a route runner and receiver being a better blocker and a better athlete, he was good enough to take over that tight end two position. Um, so I don't think we have Ross Dwelly back next year. Uh, solid guy, but you know, we got Kittle with the big contract. We got Charlie Warner, two more years on his rookie contract. Uh, cause you know, this was year two of four and honestly would not be surprised if we brought in a tight end this year. Uh, there's a lot of tight ends hitting the free agency, uh, so yeah, I could definitely see us bringing in a tight end. Cool. So now let's get to the offensive lineman. All right. So the O-line, uh, we'll go left to right and then we'll hit the backups. So left tackle, future hall of famer, Trent Williams, incredible season. He had the best PFF grade of any player in the NFL this season. Um, he had one or two small injuries that came up. I think he ended up missing like two total games, but incredible season, all pro, all pro left tackle. And, uh, I love it. He's, he's so good. He's so good. And, he got better this year. Like I didn't know if it was possible, but he got better this year. He ended up developing like a new pass blocking move where it's like, I think people started calling it the double pass set, but he was literally just like clubbing guys on the back of the head and then falling on them. And it was like, dude, what are you doing? And then he gets in the run game and he just like throws guys like five, eight yards back just like malls guys. Then he goes and takes out a linebacker. I mean, Trent Williams was just incredible. Uh, at the end of the season, he was like just trying to make it through a, a high ankle sprain. So he's going to have to rehab this season, but he made it through almost an entire season. Just missed uh, like one or two games. Um, Trent Williams, fucking awesome. Uh, it, it, the left side of the line in general was really good, but, and he got to play fullback, uh, he, he attempted a catch. <laughs> that was fun. I think it was against the Jaguars. He tried to make a catch. Uh, and then they put him at fullback and they were like having him block as a fullback. So 
crazy stuff. Uh, I, I can't wait till next season. They line them up at fullback and they just do a, uh, like a, a fullback sneak and just like hand the ball off to him and just let him run in for a touchdown. Like Trent Williams deserves to get a touchdown. Uh, you know, I, I would love to see that next season. Just put, put him in at fullback. All right. Uh, left guard, Lakin Tomlinson, Pro Bowl, Lakin Tomlinson. Lakin Tomlinson got selected to the Pro Bowl. Um, I don't know if he was an alternate or whatever, but he went to the Pro Bowl. So that's awesome. Lakin Tomlinson getting the respect that he deserves. He's been so good for us for like four or five years, and he's scheduled to be a free agent. I think that he is probably our number one priority in terms of guys to re-sign. Cause he's been he's been really good. He made a Pro Bowl, and he's been so durable. He hasn't missed a single game since he's came here. So Lake and Tomlinson, just big props. He just he he's good. He's a good guard, and having a good, reliable guard is just it's so so helpful. Um, next up, center Alex Mack. Pro Bowl, another Pro Bowler, the center, left guard, left tackle, Pro Bowlers. That is ridiculous how good the left half of our offensive line was, considering how bad the right half was. Uh, Alex Mack, I think he started off the season a little rough, but then he he turned it on and Alex Mack was really fucking good. And again, Pro Bowl, he wasn't a first team all pro. I think he was like an alternate, but... He went to the Pro Bowl. Um, we don't know what's going to happen with him. Uh, he's technically, he signed a three-year contract. So he's under contract for two more years. But he also said that in his exit interview that he's going to take, he's taking it basically one year at a time now. So he's going to weigh his options. I really hope Alex Mack uh, decides to come back, play another season. I hope we can re-sign Lakin because having that left side of that offensive line just anchored down for Trey Lance next year, huge, huge, huge uh, just benefit for Trey, having that good of a left side offensive line. Left half. Yeah, three-fifths of our offensive line went to the Pro Bowl. Amazing. Um all right, so right guard Dan Brunskill. Um, I think at this point that we can basically say Dan Brunskill is... You don't want Dan Brunskill starting on your offensive line, but ideally Dan Brunskill is your backup everything. Like ideally Dan Brunskill is your sixth offensive lineman. Um, sometimes he's good. Sometimes he's bad. Uh, he was, he's inconsistent. He's okay. I think he's a replacement level right guard. Um, I also think he's technically under contract next year also for super cheap again, uh, which is good. Again, I really like him as the backup, everything. If he's a backup center, a backup tackle, a backup guard, all for it. Um, but he was so many times this season was like, cool. Dan skill blew the play. Dan skill, Brunskill, you know, just messed up. Uh, he was the biggest liability on this offensive line. Dan Brunskill was just not good enough. Uh, I really hope that, uh, somebody steps up at right guard, uh, right tackle. Um, let's start with Mike McGlinchey. Big, big question mark this off season at right tackle. Because Mike McGlinchey, really good run blocker, average pass blocker, you know, like uh, like acceptable pass blocker. Um, but with that injury, uh, I don't remember exactly what the injury was. Uh, I think it was like a, a torn quad at the knee. Um, we have no idea what's going to happen with Mike McGlinchey. Like we have zero clue as far as like, will he ever play again? I think I remember hearing there's like a 50, 50 chance that like players ever return from that specific injury. Like, 
I think this is similar to the injury that ended uh, Weston Richburg's career, and he retired, and he was never able to come back. Uh, I remember the team also saying that the surgery went well. So, yeah. Um, and we also did his fifth-year option, so $10 million, but no idea what's going to happen at right tackle. Um I really hope that McGlinchey makes a full recovery and he's able to start next year because if not, that right side of the offensive line is looking not good. Um, so yeah, I, uh, yeah, just huge question mark, sneaky, sneaky draft possibility. I would not be surprised if we take a right tackle with, like a day two pick, like somewhere like round three, round four. Uh, if let me put it this way, I think that whether or not the, I think that how high the team drafts a tackle will tell us how Mike McGlinchey is doing with his recovery. Uh, Cause we really, I, I don't remember hearing anything. Um, I really hope that it's going well, but I don't know. Uh, our other right tackle, Tom Compton, he filled in. Uh, Tom Compton, he's 32 years old. He was terrible everywhere. And then this season, he had like a month or two of really good play. Um, and then he was not good late on in the season. So Tom Compton, I mean, again, it's kind of one of those guys where I was surprised, honestly, that he made the team. Um, I'm glad that he stepped up and filled in as much as he did this season. Uh, he played again, like he, he came in and it didn't seem like it was a significant drop off for about two months. Uh, he ended up really struggling late in the season, especially in the playoffs. Um, but yeah, who knows? He may or may not be back next year. Uh, but you know, like Kyle Shanahan loyalty program, like maybe he will be, and he'll be in camp next season. And we'll be like, damn it. Really? Like, are we really going to have 33 year old Tom Compton? And then we'll be, you know, like, well, you know, he did play like half a season at right tackle last year. So who knows? Um, either way though, right side of the offensive line is a very big question mark going into next year. However, there are three other guys on the offensive line that we got to bring up. So, um, Jalen Moore, we drafted him. He was a, a rookie left tackle. He played left tackle for a game. He played right tackle, uh, for I think two games until Tom Compton eventually took over. Don't really know what we can expect from Jalen Moore. Uh, I know that they initially drafted him to be a guard, so maybe he, again, I really hope we bring back Lake and Tomlinson. If not, I could see him competing for the left or right guard position. I think a guard is probably a better fit for him. I like that he got experience, but I didn't like the fact that he got benched for Tom Compton. So kind of a question mark on Jalen Moore, but at the same time, like fifth round rookie offensive lineman came in, had a couple quality starts. Um, not the worst thing. And we'll see. Uh, I think, I think he projects better as a guard. Uh, next offensive lineman, we got to mention Colton McKivitz. Uh, he was, I think a fifth or sixth round pick last year and didn't play. And then this season he started one game at left tackle when Trent Williams was out and he was okay. Um, yeah, same thing, you know, we'll see, uh, kind of similar to Jalen Moore, you know, drafted kind of as a late round offensive tackle. Maybe he's a guard. Maybe he can play tackle or guard is he good enough to start? Is he not? Um, really don't know. Uh, I like, again, I, I do like the fact that he earned that backup left tackle position for when Trent Williams was out. I don't know if that's good on him or bad on more or a combination. Um, but I do like that he showed the versatility, uh, 
to play left tackle. Uh, so again, really don't know if he'll be, you know, a potential right tackle or a right guard or a left guard, but either way, Colt McKivitz, uh, that's what it is. And then the final one that I will mention as far as guard is Aaron Banks. What the hell happened to Aaron Banks? You spent a top 50 pick on him and he wasn't even good enough to be activated on game day. He was not activated for basically the entire season. He played like a quarter of bad reps in the preseason, got hurt, and then wasn't even good enough to be a backup guard. Like, I don't know. And I am a little bit angry because you literally spent a top 50 pick on this guy. And I remember watching his film and thinking, maybe he's going to be good. Maybe he's just like, you know, a, a bigger zone blocker. But he wasn't good enough to be active. Like, not on special teams, not as a backup. Like, he he couldn't beat out Colton McKivitz, Jalen Moore, or Dan Brunskill. I, I really don't know, but uh, if I was going to do a grade for Aaron Banks, F. And I really hope that I'm wrong and that behind the scenes he's been i don't know like remaking his body getting in shape learning the offensive scheme learning his technique or something working on his footwork i don't know what it is but i really fucking hope that he's good enough next year to make the team because i don't even know if he's good enough to make the team at this point the fact that he was inactive almost every single game and forgive me for sounding angry, but what the fuck? Why did we spend that pick? We basically were like, second round pick? Cool. Light it on fire, bro. So, yeah. Um, and it wasn't even like an injury thing. It was just like, yeah, not good enough. You're not going to be activated this game. Like, really? Like, you can't even go out there on, like, like, like field goal line? Or, you know, like, backup guard? Like, no, not good enough for backup. You're not good enough to be, you know, one of eight offensive linemen. You're not even one of the eight best offensive linemen on the team, and we spent a second-round pick on you. So I really fucking hope that next season he's good enough to make the team. But at this point, it doesn't look good. Um, so, yeah. Forgive the anger. And the final offensive lineman, Jake Brendel, he was our backup center. Uh, I think he only had like three snaps. Um, from what I've heard and what I saw in the preseason, I liked it. Um, again, it's always good to have offensive line depth. Uh, he's probably a fringe, uh, probably a fringe player next season if he's a, uh, you know, if if he's under contract. Um, and here's the thing is, again, we have a lot of guys that are on rookie contracts for interior offensive line. Again, you've got Aaron Banks, four-year contract. He's got three more years. Jalen Moore, three more years. Colton McKivitz, two more years on rookie deals. Like, you've got three guys that you've spent draft capital on, a fifth, a sixth, and a second, Will they contribute next season? I don't know. We have question marks on the offensive line. Um, it'll be interesting to see if we end up drafting an offensive lineman. If we go right tackle, if we go with a high pick on a right tackle, that'll tell us that McGlinchey doesn't look good. If we end up getting a high pick on a guard, that's not a good look for those three guys. Uh, so we will see. Um, but yeah, really disappointed in Aaron Banks. Cool. That's the offense. Huh, how are we doing on time? Let's see here. Um, really doesn't make sense. Well, I really hope. Oh, there we go. One hour. Okay. That makes a lot more sense. <laughs> All right. Cool. Um, you know what? 
I'm going to split this up. Uh, I'm going to end this one. I'm going to come back and then we're going to do defense for the entire team. So with that, appreciate all of you. Uh, catch you next time. And I hope that this is giving you um, a dose of Niners uh, since the season is over because there's a lot of stuff. We got our defensive one. And then before you know it, I'm going to be doing like a whole lot of podcasts about draft prospects, draft strategy, and free agency stuff, uh, free agency uh, options. So lots of stuff to talk about, but I just, you know, we got to kind of finish the season off. So appreciate all of you. Go Niners. Catch you next time.